You're listening to The Novice Experience, a podcast that explores the opportunities and challenges commonly encountered by students and young people. I'm Calvin Chan, and chatting with my guests, I'm going to take a deep dive into their meaningful stories, the lessons they've learned, and how they can inspire others. Let's get going. Hey everybody, welcome to the third episode of The Novice Experience. Today we're going to talk about leadership uh, from the perspective of being a leader but also being a team member and I'm sure many of you have been part of a team at some point in your life whether it be at school or work or your extracurricular activities. My guest today is Jeffrey Chung. Hello everybody. Uh, Jeffrey and I have been friends for uh, many years and uh, we went through the Royal Canadian Air Cadet program together which is a youth program here in Canada. Uh, Jeffrey why don't you start by giving us a brief uh, origin story so uh, where you're from uh, some of the most defining moments or times in your life um, that make up who you are today. Hey everybody uh, thanks for having me Kelvin. Uh, so you know just a brief origin story I was born and raised here in Canada uh, part of the greater Vancouver area for some of those who uh, don't know where we are. Um, I was born and raised here all 23 years uh, in my life. Uh, I went through high school with Calvin and one of the most defining moments of my life was when I first started that cadet program that we mentioned. Um, in the very beginning it was more of just another after, after school activity and it slowly became more and more of a reason for me to develop myself professionally uh, and just you know learn how to be an all-around good leader. Um, but yeah, in general, that took up about seven years of my life just being a cadet and now being an adult staff with a new unit. Uh, it's been just over two years now reaching the third. So um, yeah, that's just a little bit of background for me for today. And Jeffrey, before we get into the interview portion, um, I'd like to start with the segment called Give Me Five. I'm going to ask you uh, five questions, rapid fire style. Uh, you can give one word answers or you can elaborate. You don't have to. So the first question, what do you usually eat for breakfast? Uh, it's usually a cup of coffee with anything sweet. So a, a cof- uh, coffee with a donut, a cookie, or sometimes a muffin. So you need that uh, sugar high to start off the day. Uh, second question, what is your biggest strength? My biggest strength, I would say uh, I am very loud you know people at the office always know me to be uh sometimes a little bit on the annoying side but if they need every if they ever need something announced in public i'm the go-to guy uh so yeah just establishing your your presence amongst your coworkers. yeah for sure um third question uh how do you manage stress uh well i'm lucky to have a very good support system both at work and just within my friend group but if in the off chance i am alone uh i either tend to like just to go to bed or I just sit and rot in front of my computer with some sort of anime. Uh, lately, it's been um, uh, catching up on Haikyuu, the volleyball anime, and, and preparing for the, the new season to come out. Very nice. There you go. Uh, fourth question. Uh, what's a city you wish to visit? Uh, not much a city I wish to visit, but something I, I prefer uh, to move to at some point in my life or at least take a long vacation to. Uh, anywhere either in New Zealand or Australia solely because to me those places have a somewhat similar diverse community just as we do have here in Vancouver Um, but it's foreign enough to feel like you know it's a faraway place so the 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 idea is that it'll be kind of like home in terms of the the diversity in the population but it's far enough it's far away enough to say that I'm not at home anymore very nice I like to visit um, there someday too Uh, last question Name a dish you like that's not mainstream. 
or it's totally underrated? That's really hard because Vancouver is a very trendy food city. Um, one thing that I could say that isn't really, you know, trendy or isn't really uh, stereotypical for what we get here at least, I really like uh, Nando's chicken. I know it's not on a lot of people's top list in terms of chicken because there's a lot of fried chicken places around here, but Nando's always holds a special place in my heart. I, I do like Nando's too. Okay, so uh, getting into the the meat of the show, uh, I like to sort of give a background to the Air Cadet program. So uh, we entered the program when we were in grade seven, so about 12 years old, and it's a seven-year program. Uh, and um, it's sort of like, in terms of ranking, it's sort of like in the military where you get promoted and uh, you work, th- you, you know, you put in the work and then throughout the years, you get to a more senior and leadership position. But when you were a junior, uh, you go through lessons, you learn about like aviation, you learn about the military, you learn about Canadian citizen values, and also, um, you know, how to be a good leader. And a part of the journey is, uh, you know, running events and um, uh being participating in the events at first as a team member, but also taking the initiative to uh, lead these events and uh, pitch ideas to increase the camaraderie, uh, bring more spirit to um, to your teams and the squadron. So I, I want to ask you because I know that you're, you're now um, part of the you know the trying to be an officer in the air cadet program. Yeah. Now that you you're out of the you know the youth program itself. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who's been through the program, what can you say about um, more a more junior cadet who's um, trying to take more initiatives? Uh, how do they effectively communicate their ideas to their leaders so that um, they can sort of get their ideas out there? Yeah, for sure. Now, I want to start by saying I was obviously in those shoes a few years ago when I was a cadet. Uh, at the very beginning... Because the the way it works is that you go through the first four years as just being in class with a heavy focus in the last two, three years of your cadet program or your cadet career, uh, where you're actually taking initiative and you're now starting to teach those classes and that kind of stuff. So in my first year of being an instructor, uh, so that's like the fifth year, the sixth year, I was very nervous, right? Like I was too scared to approach the officers or the senior staff. Uh, I was very scared to come up with my own ideas. Um, now... What I learned, especially with the mentors that Calvin and I both had, is that there's this concept of what's the reason. So to put it into one word, why? Right now, a lot of it comes from the idea that you need to have a reason of every action that you're making. Every time you want to approach an officer, every time you want to approach a leader and say, I have this great idea. Cool. Why is it great? Okay, expand on that. Okay, now that you have your reason of why it's great, why is it important? Okay, cool. Now you know why it's important. But why is the reason? Like, what's the reason that makes it so important? Right? So the whole thing of what I want to get to at here is whenever you pitch ideas, you always want to start thinking of it yourself first. Answer your own questions and go down this rabbit hole of who, what, where, and why with a focus on the why. Without a reason, the officer or whoever's in charge, it's they're going to have a hard time buying it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to elaborate on, uh, give examples on like what kind of events we do. So for example, um, if someone is interested in aviation, maybe they, they're pitching an idea to bring a group of cadets to, you know, visit the Boeing factory. Or sometimes um, some people are pitching like they're doing dodgeball tournaments. 
um, just to uh, be more involved with other squadrons or uh, maybe holding a fundraiser to be to give back to our local community. So those are the kind of events where we get the experience of uh, managing a team, pitching ideas and so on. And uh, what your answer really reminded me of what we talked about in the first episode of the show. Um, and that that show we talked about Start With Why um, by Simon Sinek, right? And I, I, I encourage our listeners to go back to that episode where we talked about uh, having a purpose and having a mission in everything we do, uh, everything we say and, you know, what we think. And uh, being able to communicate the purpose and the why of what you want to do with conviction and with confidence that you you fully understand why you want to do something and that that's the difference between someone um, who's you know confident or not like as as a leader now when when a younger cadet comes to you when they have an idea um how do you know some like how how can you tell where one person is has a more well thought out idea than the other Exactly. And I want I wanted to like what Calvin said, there was also a good point that I want to make as well. If two people pitch the same idea, it's whoever has the better reason why we're we're doing that. Like, let's say if Calvin wants to, you know, want to go ski and snowboarding. uh, And then his reason is just because he wants to, right? He thinks it's fun. Whereas if another person pitches it, let's say uh, Johnny pitches it and says, I also want to go skiing and snowboarding. For the sole reason because it'll promote, you know, one of the aspects of the cadet program, which is to promote physical fitness. Uh, it's a fun way for the cadets to do it. And obviously the person in the higher up position will think, okay, whose idea is a little bit better? In this situation, Johnny's would be a little bit better because it goes with the values of the program. So reasoning is a really key and crucial point when pitching ideas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as we know in, in physics, uh for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction, right? So um, when you pitch something or when you have your own idea, it doesn't always um, go smoothly your way. And that's how it goes in, in the world, right? Like everyone has different ideas and you always get pushback. So Jeffrey, in your opinion, how do you how do you deal with that? Like how do you be an effective person? You, you want to have conviction in your ideas, but be also to, uh, be able to handle maybe criticism or other people's uh, th- ideas as well. Well, thinking the perspective of being on the other side now. Um, other side is in? Being more of a leader in, in the cadet program, per, uh, using the cadet program as an example, being an officer or a senior adult staff now. Um, it's very useful for me to see why I was initially rejected from my idea or why I was given certain criticisms. Uh, and you can see it in kind of, you know, a work setting as well. Uh as a standard associate or an employee, you're never going to know the bigger picture of why things are being done. For example, why are people being let go? Why are we making certain decisions? Uh, what the current morals or the what the current goals are for the company or the program or the cadet group? Uh, so in the very beginning, for example, you would see we would be teaching a lesson one way in cadets. You would teach maybe an aviation lesson with just diagrams and just Uh, photos and that kind of stuff to give an idea. Whereas if you were to pitch the idea now, you would get a, not a no, you wouldn't be really encouraged to go solely with that route. Now being in the officer position and seeing the logistics behind it, we would have a lot more resources to make that whole idea better, right? You can see now with the officer perspective, we have a budget that we can actually take the cadets into a plane cockpit uh, to get a better idea of how things work in an aviation scenario rather than just looking at a bunch of photos. 
Uh, on the flip side, if you look at it from just a cadet perspective, you're going to think they're saying no because they don't like the idea. Well, from an officer perspective, I'm only saying no because I feel like there is a better way for you to excel and there's a better way for you to, to you know, teach your lesson. Mm -hmm. And I think in the cadet program, we're, it's really specific in, in what we're talking about right now, but a lot of people might be at work or they might be in an extracurricular activity or a volunteer position. Obviously, there's supervisors or management teams, different leaders. Um, I think that it's really important to understand like there are different styles and structures too, right? Like being able to survive in the corporate world um, is very important. I, I know at your workplace, you, you've talked about how um, you need to understand sort of the game to be in the game, 100%. right? You, you need to understand the business side um, so that you're you're able to be an effective employee, right? Uh, can you give an example of that? Like how do you, like in what situation do you need to understand the game so that what you what you put forth is is contributing really well and you're seen as someone who's valuable yeah so in the workplace i'm in right now we deal with a lot of where my team that we work with we deal with a lot of escalations and customer sorry customer escalations and order management kind of issues and everybody knows you know during the months of october all the way to maybe even february uh, people like to buy things online right so a lot of inquiries come in uh, my team specifically deals with things beyond the call center and like the live chat teams where investigations with vendors are needed, investigations with the carriers are needed. Um, and because of the sheer number of things that come up, we have to learn to prioritize. Now, when I was first, because for those that don't know, or I'm, I'm not assuming any, any of you know, uh, I recently got put in more of a leadership position at work. So um, the work I do now is a little bit more behind the scenes. But last year, during the same time, during uh, the holiday season, we would think, okay, there's a ton of issues for discounts, right? So let's just clear all the discounts one now. Uh, that way we can clear out the bulk of the queue. We can clear out the bulk of the escalations. Um, but then after a while, after about a week of doing that, our, our leadership team pretty much flat out and said, no, we're going to switch over to uh, solely home delivery issues now. Now. At first, it was weird because for us, looking at just the numbers and taking it at face value, we had about 70% of our queue with refund issues and uh, price matching issues, whereas home delivery was only a small 10, 15%. And that never made sense to us. And even uh, up until the point where I finally got the, the new position where I could see behind the scenes, we still didn't understand why we were clearing out a smaller number rather than stuff that's actually holding up our number or holding up our queues. Now, being in the leadership side, we see more of the bigger picture, right? And it goes back to what we were saying about in cadets. Uh, we see that there's a better idea, a better way to execute it. So looking at it now from the leadership perspective at work, you realize now that a lot of these home delivery ones, they're more time sensitive. It's too late and the entire matter has blown up tenfold afterwards. Uh, so again, in a work perspective now, it's, it's, it's more of seeing both sides of the picture, which really helps me make, really helps make me understand uh, what you know, how, how, how to work things now that I've seen both sides. Yeah, I agree. I, I think understanding, uh, both sides, like you said, and having the experience now looking back, um, it's really important to have an open mind in general and understand, um, what the, the general mission is, or, you know, any time sensitive issues at the moment, um, that may hinder your ideas. Um, and in, in whatever situation you are, uh, when you're part of a team, uh, 
you want to think from the perspective of whoever is managing the team, whoever is leader of the team. You want to bring value by thinking about how um, you know the team's objectives and goals can be met um, instead of just um, you know being closed-minded and um, you know fervently rooting for your own ideas that other people might not see as as valuable and as contributing to um, the overall vision of of the team so um yeah just just uh, having that in mind the both sides thing is really important um the next point uh since we're talking about you know being open-minded i uh, jeffrey i want you to share how uh how some of our younger listeners who who are still you know part of their transport transformative years or participating in different teams how do they remain coachable and open open-minded so that um they can, you know, soak in as much knowledge or as much um, experiences as possible when they're participating in you know, extracurricular activities. How do they, how do they have build a good relationship with their leaders so that, um, you know, from different leaders they can sort of mold who who they will eventually become. Yeah, well, I think the first thing to understand here is there's no one type of leader there's no one type of mentor and because of that the whole idea of being a mentor or being mentored sorry is what you make out of it yourself so being open-minded is a really good point that we should probably uh, keep in mind for any sort of situations where you're being mentored um with, but with that being said it always the big idea is to take initiative to communicate you know different ideas so, for example, let's say you have one mentor who is very hands-on with you in a very coachable kind of way, or in, sorry, in a very coaching kind of way. Um, they're very hands-on in the fact that they'll give you the idea and see what you think about it first before you go ahead. Versus another kind of mentor where they are very hands-off and are more of the type where they're going to watch you run and watch you fall before they say anything. In that kind of situation, you really have to remember what you can do to change that. So for example, going back to the first one where they are more hands-on with you, sure, you can take it and you can take whatever that mentor is giving you and run with it. And if it works, great. Now you have somebody else's idea that you can run with and you can start to evolve as your own. Whereas for the second example, with the person who's a little bit more hands-off, you're gonna have to start making more initiative or taking more initiative and come up with the idea first yourself, run with it, fall and then they'll give you the examples you can't just assume all the time that you're going to be you know handheld uh, you're not always going to be given answers uh, you have to at the end of the day like i said in the beginning it's more of what you make out of it rather than what's given to you right and and in in that situation jeffrey how do you think we should communicate disagreements or uh, when we have a different idea or different opinion of somebody else's ideas how do we communicate that um, in a respectful manner so that we don't, you know, we don't hurt the relationship or, you know, there's other social pressures that come with that? Yeah, well, respect's always a big thing, right? Um, not specifically in our leadership, uh, not specifically in our leadership kind of or a mentor kind of example. But uh, lately at work, you know, again, I've just been put into a position where I'm in more of a leadership role and before that, I've only joined this company for just over a year and a half. Uh, in that basic associate role, there are others here that 
have joined maybe three, four years prior to us, but you know, are still in the associate role, whether due to company limitations or it's just something that they enjoy. Now, with that being said, during that interview for me to become a, a leader, a team lead, I was asked, what happens if you have an idea and you want to, you know, ask the others that are in the team below you to do those ideas? What are you going to do when somebody who has more year experience, more time experience than you says, why should I listen to you? I've been here longer. Now, one thing I've really come to learn, especially something from the cadet program, is that when you suggest these ideas, you always want to be respectful and you want to make it as a suggestion and say, you know, throwing a random out there, uh, hey, CJ, why, you know, hey, CJ, let's do this. And if CJ comes back to me and says, why are we suddenly changing it up? Well, for me, the way I thought about it and the way I answered that question actually was uh, during my interview was I would have to ask CJ and say, hey, what do we normally do and does it work? And if CJ says, yeah, it does work, uh, why are we changing it? Why are we fixing it if it's not broken? And that's when I would just say something like, hey, I, can we try this way first and see if it does any improvements? And going back to Calvin's question, I know I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there, but you always want to be respectful with how you do things. And an easy way, an easy like tip that I have for those that want to be in those situations is that you want to give it off as a suggestion first, because that way you're not really saying, okay, you have to do this. Or you're not saying that this old way is bad. You can suggest a new way to maybe see if things are better. And if it does work better, great, then it works out and you can run with it. But in the off chance that it doesn't work out, you can have that backfall and say, hey, it was just it was just a suggestion. It doesn't work. Let's re let's replan and revise and go back to the drawing board. Yeah, I totally agree with the suggestion point. Um, like there's always someone in a group uh, and it might be a good practice too to to include um, like a devil's advocate, right? And somebody yeah. who goes against the grain of the group um, and the group's uh, ideas. And as someone who's in that role, you always have to be having the mindset that you're giving suggestions, not you know shooting other people's ideas down. And I, and I think to, to be more specific, a suggestion can could come you know in a form of a question instead of a statement or you know a demand where like you have to do this because your idea sucks right <laughs> i mean i've had a lot of team members uh like that in a group project but um forming it in a form of a question becomes uh it opens up discussions it open up um you know communication channels to discuss you know to revisit um some of the opinion and the ideas that go behind um go behind someone's ideas so uh i think i think you you hit it really off uh, you hit it really well there um okay so i think uh, it's for us like we we've been in the air cadet program for many years i think it's uh i think for us i i'd like to let our listeners know more about um what are the different things we do there not just uh running events like like we say yeah. like different teams but um like for for me like i i know that there's you know, the military band and the military drill team where we we meet outside of the of the cadet time every week and uh we practice as a team we come up with like a routine as a band or a drill team and we go for like competitions every year um people can find those on youtube um but what are what what are the different aspects of the air cadet program as well yeah so you can think of it like there are more extracurriculars to this one extracurricular because cadets itself is an extracurricular activity. So some of the things that we also provide or some of the things we offer is aviation, uh, air cadet specifically, obviously. Uh, aviation, I know Calvin uh, did go through that program a little bit more than I did. Calvin, for those that don't know, actually has his pilot's license and went through a, a vigorous seven-week training just to 
cram all that knowledge into his brain. Um, there's also things like uh, first aid. We also run a very nice first aid program where participants can get their standard or their emergency first aid license. Um, there's effective speaking. There are small other side programs like air crew survival, which is a kind of a glorified way of thinking of a camping trip, um, but it also teaches you some basic survival things, knock on wood, in case you ever need that kind of situation. Um, one of the coolest things that I've actually gone a little bit more into is the range. Uh, I never actually took part of that as a cadet, but at this new unit that I'm with, it's a little bit more prominent in their program. Uh, so it's really nice to see. It's just where you shoot uh, simple air rifles, or I guess not simple, but air rifles into uh, pre-marked targets, and then you get uh, points based on your accuracy and you get levels on that too. So uh, those are just some of the basic things that we offer in the air cadet program. Mm -hmm. And as you can tell throughout this episode, we talked about a whole bunch of interpersonal skills that we've learned, the soft skills that are really useful in the corporate world. I, I know we're both better off learning those skills in the cadet program. Um, so it's not just, you know, discipline and being yelled at, although discipline is not a bad thing, right? Like yeah. we, we know that in many aspects of our life, you know, a lot of people who are maybe weight training or they have like, uh, you know, diet plans and stuff. There's a lot of discipline that goes into that too. So it's not so much a bad thing. Um, so I feel like that's a general opinion for a lot of people and just wanted to shed light on what the air cadet program as a whole is and how much we've grown from it and how much we've taken from it. So we're really, really grateful for the, for that experience. Um, so that concludes this week's episode. Um, Jeffrey, um, is there a social media account that our listeners can, um, you know, follow you, check out your other passions and interests? Yeah, well, personally, I do have a personal uh, Instagram account or like social media, but I do like to keep that stuff a little bit more private. Uh, I do have a new Instagram account that I've started getting into a little bit more, mainly because now that I own my own vehicle, uh, I've joined a little bit more of a community around around those who have the same type of vehicle. Uh, it's a For those in the loop, it's a 2017 Honda Civic Hatchback Sport Trim. Uh, it's six-speed, so gotta love that third pedal. Uh, if you want, give a follow to flipped.fk7. That's flipped as in upside down. So F-L-I-P-P-E-D dot F-K-7. And that's just a, a little bit of a side project I have going on just to showcase some of the uh, cool pictures or the cool modifications I have for that car now. So check it out. Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I really appreciate you sharing your experiences. Yeah, thank you, Calvin. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Novice Experience. Our theme song is Concrete Jungle by Audio Binger. You can find us or reach out on social media at The Novice Exp. That's The Novice EXP. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on all your podcast listening platforms. Talk to you next time.